All right, welcome back to the Ohio Podcast. I, I got to say, it's been difficult times, but I've really enjoyed uh, talking to Paul and Joe, and we were hoping that Steelers season will last forever, and we would have, you know, Steelers games to talk about for all time. But it, it didn't happen. They lost to the Browns this past week. And, you know, Joe and Paul are, are even though – Joe's still wearing a silver shirt. He, we, we all have various interests. And, you know, the Ohio is a podcast that talks sports, but talks to all interests. And, and we're trying to find these other things we can talk about now that the season's over. And, you know, it's funny. When I knew Joe in college, Joe was theater guy. Now, that doesn't mean Joe couldn't be a sports fan. But I don't know if I ever talked with Joe about sports. So it's great. And uh, check out our, our old Steeler podcast. Joe can talk about his uh, background and you can hear about then. But I wanted to talk a little bit about theater with Joe. Um, it's funny. I was in theater in high school. I did a little theater in college. And I've gotten away from the theater. I, I, I don't think any ill of theater people or anything else. Really haven't done that much theater at all. And I'm talking about even going to the theater. So... I asked Joe to come on and talk to us a little bit about the theater and how you can get somebody like me interested and what's an easy, cheap way of going. So Joe knows this, and in case you guys don't know, I live in Columbus, Ohio, capital of Ohio. It's got a pretty good theater scene, um, Ohio Theater, a couple mm-hmm. of nice uh, theater places. I, I got to say I'm a cheap guy. Uh, nothing against my bosses, but I'm a journalist, and journalists don't typically make a ton of money. So I, I don't think I can go to the theater each weekend. But how do I dip my toe back in and without spending an arm and a leg? Because I, I think my wife would kind of like this. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's uh... – yeah, it's a, it's a challenging time to uh, to be asking questions like that and how do I get back in. Yes. Uh, it, but in some ways, there actually might be a little bit more access right now. Um, okay. Given that uh, we're in the environment that we're in now with, uh, with COVID and all the restrictions that are going on, theater is one of the fields that I think is probably impacted most harshly because uh, the live experience and the collective experience is so much a part of what theater is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause there's, there's all kinds of different scales of theater. Cause obviously you have, you have Broadway, you have the West end, you have all of these major attractions and large scale events, but it scales all the way down to, you know, a handful of people in a room, one person standing up front and telling a story. Uh, that's still theater as well. But one of the things that makes theater possible is that sense of liveness and being in the same room with it. Uh, uh, There's a lot of different debate now uh, and arguments back and forth. Certainly people who are taking advantage of technology and the, uh, the communication opportunities that there are in 2021 with things like what we're doing right now to be able to have a, 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 a live experience where we're communicating one with another. Uh, it is live, but it is not present. I think we both would, would admit that it'd be a lot better and a, we'd feel a lot more connected if you and I were sitting in the same room having coffee together, right? right. If we were each having this cup of coffee, it's a different experience than me sitting in my 
my house in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, capital of Mississippi, and you in Columbus, Ohio. You, capital you just want an excuse to drink coffee during your podcast. I, I, absolutely right. I was getting really thirsty and dry, and so we have we have our very first snow of the year here in Mississippi. It's probably the last. But but, but uh, you brought that coffee example just right so you can drink coffee. <laughs> I hate to call you out, but I'm no, I, you out. I, I usually do talk about that in terms of trying to illustrate the difference of okay. what it is being in a, a live presence in a live theater oh, yeah, situation yeah. versus watching a movie. Or right. what a lot of people are doing now is recording a theatrical event and broadcasting it uh, on television or over the internet. It's it's a film, is what you're making, especially right. if you're recording it and not presenting it live. So so what happens a lot is we go through a lot of debates about, I could put on a play here in this room for you and be over the internet and have it still be a live experience. What's happening here now is happening there now. And we could find out a capacity to chat or uh, share video or whatever else, and it would impact what we're doing. Like I could do an improv show in right. over Zoom. Um, you can do it. But it's definitely a different experience than being live and in the room together, uh, almost the same way that church is. You can do church over Zoom, and my, I and my family have done that for the entire the pandemic. Right, right. But I absolutely know that it is a different experience if I can be in a collective environment. So my preferences for that collective environment, for, for the safety of my family and whatever we do, church at home uh and we've been experiencing our theater at home but it is definitely a different thing so during this time to your question <clears throat> during this time there's access to a lot of stuff that can start to rekindle that fire for what can happen on stage versus can happen on film the national theater in london has put a lot of their stuff online and i want to say for a while, they were releasing one show a week, and you had it, access to it for the week. And then on like the following Thursday, another show would come up. So it started with the play One Man, Two Governors, which starred James Corden. It was his big deal uh, breakthrough was winning a Tony Award for One Man, Two Governors. Um, then it uh, was putting on, uh, they did a production of Jane Eyre, one of uh, 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 Treasure Island, I want to say. And then uh, several Shakespeare's, the the Frankenstein with um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller. Uh, so it was like these big deal shows. And, and National Theater for some time actually had done live broadcasts. So like you'd pay for a ticket at a movie theater and go to the movie theater and they would broadcast the show live. And then they would okay. continue to, to run it for a couple of days afterwards, I think. Uh, so they were taking those and, and broadcasting those. Uh, and so there's a lot of theaters that have some archived material that they're putting it out over different different theater services. Broadway HD is a dot com is a is another service. But as we were just talking about a few minutes ago, there's tons of services out there right now, and right. most of them aren't free. Um, but there is some access to some material like that on on YouTube or a couple of places like that. Um, and then there are the more local theaters, the regional theaters, who are sharing material like that with their communities 
uh, so that there is some experience of something that's filmed on a stage and not like a movie. Um, though that's still not necessarily the same representation of being live there in the experience. All right. And that stuff. So there's stuff that you can access for free on YouTube and there's also stuff that you can pay to watch then, right? So if it's like a private performance or anything, okay. Right. And a lot of times those are the really big scale things. And so the filming of them is pretty good. I mean, if you've participated in theater on a, on some level, high school, sometimes college, you know, somebody stuck a camera in the back of the room and videotaped it and told, and told everybody was an archive of the, of the show. And, you know, everybody's really excited to get to see them until they watched it. And the color balance is really terrible and the sound is really terrible. And it's just an awful thing to watch because it's so poorly filmed. Uh, these are people who are doing multi-camera shoots and reshoots or the Hamilton uh, yeah. thing on Disney plus man, the production quality of that is really good in terms of the filming of it. I, the show is great too. I mean, I'm not saying the show right. isn't great right. as well, but um, in terms of trying to watch something, it isn't just a camera stuck in the back of the room. Do, do you think there'll be more of that? Because in some ways that was kind of risky for Hamilton because yeah, you still want to go see Hamilton yourself, but some people are like, Oh cool. I watch it at Disney plus. Now I don't have to travel to New York now and yeah. I'm a part of and, it because of the pandemic. Or, but. or go to the tours or the places that are putting it yeah. up and you know, so, and that was why they waited for a while. So, you, you know, you had the national theater, they would do those things. Hamilton filmed their show and a couple of, and, it's becoming more and more popular to film the show. Um, but that's why Hamilton waited several right. years to put it out there. Uh, not that they were in danger of losing a whole lot. Cause there's, there's a certain amount of now having access to that thing on Disney plus we can see how great it is. We hear all the music. We can get even more connected to it or attached to it. And then when it's there live, still want to go pay to go see it maybe not $500 or whatever it was when it came through New Orleans here a couple of years ago, I looked into the tickets and I was like, I could, to take my family, I was going to take several kids. It's like, I could, I could produce a show right. for the amount of money I was spending to go How see. How much is the cost to go to Broadway? Now? I know, you know, Broadway is very limited at best with pandemic, but if, if we're in non-pandemic oh, times. It's closed right now. So right. there's no amount that you can pay right now because right, right. well, a year or two price, ago, well, two years price ago, before everything got shut down, uh, it varies pretty strongly from show to show. Depends on how long the show's been running. If it'd been running a long time, then some usually there's access with uh, with other tickets that were a little bit cheaper. Um, but you're talking about a ticket that may run as high as two hundred two hundred fifty dollars, a little bit higher, depending if it's a really hot show. It may go even higher. Um, but shows that are around for longer, uh, there's different access to get tickets when everything was open. There's something called the TKTS booth. Uh, it's right in uh, Times Square. It's the center of Times Square. There's also another, um, there, there's a couple other stops. There's one down by South Street, about South Street Seaport um, that would sell cheaper tickets. And the, they would say half price, but sometimes it was more. Uh, and you might get a ticket for as low as sixty dollars, um, okay. but it could be even less if you're talking about the difference between a, a regular play versus a musical. The musicals are going to be more expensive. 
So if you take the family to Broadway and you say, okay, let's just go to Broadway. And yeah. we're not worried about seeing Hamilton or anything. It right. could be, you know, Joe's first Broadway play. That's good enough yeah, to be yeah. on Broadway. That's uh, right. You're still probably running 60 bucks to take it to get into that, right? You might. Uh, some, okay. some years back, I saw a play that was a, a one that won a Tony Award. And actually, the, the play itself won a Pulitzer Prize. I was able to get a same-day ticket in the balcony for $20. But that was still that was still a while back, and it's you're kind of, scalping, right? You're <laughs> no, actually, I went up to the to the to the the ticket window at the theater. It was right before the show went on a matinee performance of of a play. Um, that was still a while ago. Probably that same ticket might run thirty five to forty now, but okay. um, but it depends on where you're willing to sit. Depend on. Uh, uh, yeah, looking for that last minute. Uh, and you're for, looking at if you're a family to New York to go watch uh, a Broadway show. You probably don't want to buy a ticket as you're walking in. You're probably going to want to buy it ahead of time. <laughs> okay. Are you um? So for like a Columbus, are you looking at what ten twenty bucks to get in the show? If you just oh, want to get in the door, I would think a little bit more. Uh, okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a thirty to thirty five dollar ticket. Uh, depending on the theater and depending on the show. Um, I was uh, surprised. And you probably will know this. Um, what's Toronto's version of Broadway? Do, don't they have like a... I don't know if they have a specific district. I know that they have shows, long-running shows the way that Broadway does, like Phantom okay. of the Opera and whatever's been yeah, there forever. Yeah. yeah, because I remember... The first major professional show I ever saw was the Phantom of the Opera in Toronto. Yeah. My parents, we took a trip to Toronto. I was in college at the time. And we went to see Phantom, and I was kind of surprised they didn't tell us how much they paid. But like, these are expensive tickets. These are, and we were up in the balcony, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, yeah, this is good enough. But overall, is it worth like, say it was fifty bucks? I don't know. Maybe it was more than that, less than that. I don't know. But it was weird to be up so high at fifty bucks. I mean, maybe I'm a cheap guy. That's that was my thing. But it, it was strange, you know. Like it was like, wow, I can't see the stage that well, and we're paying a lot. It was good experience, but it, was, it just. I, I want to say when I saw it there, I was sat in the very last row of the balcony. I okay. want to say that that's where I was. I may have been the same channel area because I felt like I was in the where you had been sitting. Been yeah. In the same seat. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it depends on the show as to whether or not something like that is worth it. Uh, I think a, a, a big scale show like Phantom of the Opera, there's big choral numbers. There's uh, there's large uh, uh, scenic elements that uh, that translate that far back into the room. That it's still it's still an experience and still something that's really really great to be a part of. Again, you're live with it in the room as opposed to uh, you know being able to stop it to go uh, get a bag of chips. You know, you you get you get wrapped up in the experience of something in a completely different way. And some in some ways, you are then kind of paying for that experience. What's a what's a good easy? And again, I'm sounding like I'm the cheapest man in the world. I, I'm looking at from I have an eight year old that has autism that may not stick around and play for a long time. Right. So like we were considering going to a high school production of Frozen <laughs> because she loves Frozen. Um, 
is it creepy to try that out when you don't have kids in the play? I mean, I guess if I'm bringing a kid no. myself. No, no, no. What's good doing, first? That's the whole point of doing that kind of show. I mean, to go right. and do roses, you want the, the, the kids who are attached to something that okay. uh, that they're familiar with to be able to go and have that live experience with. I mean, it really is, it takes it to another level. Um, and so I think that's definitely definitely worth it. It's definitely not a creepy thing. They're hoping that uh, right. that they're appealing to their community uh, beyond everybody's closest friends coming to. Like so that's why you do a show like that. And also too for like community theater or, or college theater, is that a good thing to check out just to see? Like, like if if you want to see, so, but there's there's other things going on. Uh, with a community theater and a college theater versus going on with a with a professional theater, and I think professional theater. Some there are some times where the difference between a professional theater and a community theater is just whether or not people are paid. Uh, the same right. level of quality can exist in either of those places, and I have paid good money to go to a Broadway show that I would have walked out of if it had been a community show, oh, where it was okay. just a, it was a bad play and and it it was not good. Uh, it was not well performed, and there were quality professional actors on Broadway performing this play. And I've gone to community theater shows that I, were as good an experience as I have ever uh, uh, been taken part in. Um, I've done. I, I went and saw a show that was four, 15 people in a small room watching one performer, uh, and that was the design of the show was to have that kind of intimacy and, and paying just like a couple of dollars really. I mean, I think it was maybe a $7 ticket to see one of those shows. I, I ended up seeing five of them over the course of an evening. Um, but that was as, as compelling a theatrical experience as I've ever been a part of because you're so intimate and re and close in relationship to what's going on. Uh, so sometimes it's not always spending the most amount of money, um, but going to see a community theater, you, you expect and you hope that a community theater is paying close attention to what's going on in your specific community. So if you're in a smaller town or a, uh, uh, if you, even if you're in a larger city, a community theater in that larger city may be paying closer attention to what's happening in that part of your town. You know, what are the issues that are going on here? What are, what are we struggling with? What are we fighting with? Let's get together and share an experience that gets us thinking about this issue in our community in a different way than I'm going to put on Frozen or I'm going to put on uh, Spider-Man the musical and we're hoping to bring in tourists. Sometimes the community theaters can be a lot more in tune with what's going on with you and your family and the way that we're, we're living right now. Yeah, but sorry, man. You might see Bono. You yeah, might you see go. Bono. Bono might check out your local community theater. And say, hey. You never, you never know. Uh, and then when you go to see something that's a high school show or or a or a, uh, a college show, um, so many of the choices that have to be made for I I've been an educator for, for for sixteen years, so I was one of the people who would decide what plays we would do with our college. Um, the, some of the decisions that you're making are, are really about the, the student body itself and what the students need to grow as performers. Uh, and so going as an audience member to your local high school or your local college uh, really is about supporting these students who are spending their time and energy dedicated to this craft that is, you know, sort of a rarity in our, our world, somebody who's dedicated to that live experience and 
uh, and hopefully dedicated, dedicating themselves to speaking something into their community that's positive. Um, and so it's part, part of what you're doing is supporting the fact that people are doing that kind of work and, and spending that time learning it. So yeah, it's sort of a building of a next generation, not necessarily just being a consumer. And it tends to be, uh, the price point tends to be a little bit lower for um, the college and, and, and high school productions than going to see the big scale major whatever. And if you were in Canton, Ohio about 25 years ago, there was a theater class where they had said students could direct their own plays. And I think we actually sold tickets to that thing. And you could have seen the Chris Pugh directorial debut. I don't even know what it was what called. Did you, it was what a did play about Amity. It was some play about Amity. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of like mm -hmm. a goofy thing where they were kind of making fun of each other. And I remember playing the old Christian rock band Allies at the end because we had to pick a – a song. Oh, it was the old God. devil's a liar. And I was playing that. And it was just, oh. it was kind of terrifying because I wasn't, shall you say, a good student at that time. And I, I think our friend Tammy gave me a D. It wasn't good. So I probably deserved it. I, I wasn't that. <laughs> I was that dedicated to You my, know what the hardest thing to do? I was dedicated to chase a woman around pretty much. Wow. I, I was, that wouldn't be the first person who got involved in a, any yes. activity uh, for for those reasons. <laughs> yes, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I think I got involved in the theater uh, in high school because I was a guy standing around the auditions. I was waiting for somebody else to finish auditioning, and we were doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So we needed twelve brothers, and so it was. I was standing too nearby. Friend really, yes. really wanted to audition to be a brother, and I was just like, okay. You do it, and then we'll go hang out. <laughs> I, and I we all got called in. I, I got to say, I hate to say this, because I like the theater, and I, I suggested this topic because we could talk about that. But in high school, I had people question me, why are you in the high school play? I just pointed at the woman in the play, and they were like, yes, I understand why you're in the play. <laughs> so I was just one of this. I'm sorry. I'm a, and I like theater, okay? I, there's a reality to that um, that goes into uh, just the, the numbers and the people who tend to show up for yeah. for theater activity, especially in high school and some to some extent colleges as well. As well. We regularly have far more uh, female participants than male. Uh, and that just becomes part of the the practical reality. Even as somebody who just then tries to figure out what plays we're going to do, a major concern is we have a lot of women and not very many guys. So we have to be careful about what shows we pick, and we want to get enough opportunities for for all of the the quality female performers that we've got. Um, and then we get stuck behind uh, classic plays that require 20 men and two women you know like uh all of shakespeare is that way because there weren't any female performers in shakespeare's day so you, you you had two or three young boys who would would dress as women to play the female roles in shakespeare so you only had two or three of those parts but it's a good thing if you're a young single man i mean that's, that's a good problem for the directors you know sometimes you, can, you can look around and look at the numbers and yeah, you're like, yay! And it was always a good, it's always a good place for so many young people are looking for uh, a sense of community and a sense of belonging. And some of the best things that you can ever learn as a young person is to be a part of a community that's pulling together to do 
uh, a particular thing, a project. And so often young men are pulled towards sports um, and because it's competitive uh, right. and, it, and it goes that direction. And women often get pulled towards things that are artistic um, because it is less competitive. And that suits a lot of people in the, in the broad spectrum of gener generalities. But there are a lot of people who don't, uh, aren't attracted to the co competition of sports. And right. uh, there's a lot of people who are not compelled by the, uh, by, by the, the community of creating stories. Um, there are people who don't don't find that compelling at all, and so there's it's good that there's place for both of those kinds of students to be involved. Yeah. Well, and for me again, I bring it up. I mean, Joe's interested in the theater. Joe has a theater background, but not just that. Just wanted to kind of open myself up. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm going to be a big theater guy, but just uh, you know, I mean, I want to broaden my horizons. I mean. Yeah. And I'd say for for somebody like you, I would I would encourage uh, exploring things like like supporting a college theater program or right. a community theater program that's in your area. Um, uh, simply be, simply because of price point, but yeah. um, but also because I think that there's something to. Uh, supporting your community in that way, almost the same way that you get attached to like, well, I, I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. We don't have a lot of professional sports teams in my area, but right. I actually, we have a, a double a AA baseball team, okay. um, uh, the Mississippi Braves. And I really enjoy going to a Mississippi Braves game. I don't go all the time. I'm not a season ticket holder. I'm not that guy. I probably wouldn't go to that many professional sports if I were in a larger town. I'm not big on crowds. <laughs> I, I, you know, that it ends up spending, you end up spending a lot of money on food and, and all of those other right. things just to be a part of it and parking. Uh, right. So cost wise, it ends up starting to be similar if you're going to go to a lot of it. Um, but I like going to my double uh, a baseball team and seeing these young players and watching yeah. them pour their hearts out and doing what they want. They do a lot in the community theater to make it about the, the in the major minor league baseball teams to make it about the crowd that's coming. And so you have a lot of fun and enjoy it. And then you get the added bonus of saying, Hey, I saw that player when he was at double a Mississippi Braves. Yeah. And now he's actually playing in the, in the big leagues. Yeah. I get attached those those players who who came through the Mississippi Braves system, um, that same thing can happen for you as you participate with community theater. People who are on the rise, people who have who are really strong performers, but have decided to uh, to live in a, a, a community like Columbus because that's where they want to live, um, uh, but still want to apply what it is they do, but closer to home. Well, I think it's good too for the podcast. I mean, we've we're not necessarily a big theater podcast, but we've had some actors on, and I'm I always bring in these movie directors, and I kind of try to shame them into being a movie because that's on my bucket list. I want to be in some type of a movie, but that's good. No, we had uh, I'd like to do more of myself. So if you yeah. if you get get in one, you know, hook a guy up. Well, we have a couple of people regularly come on, so we we gotta keep pumping them. They'll be good. Right. Uh, but we we also had um, we had an actress come on, and I, the name is escaping me right now. But uh, she they had the Office musical. I don't know if you heard about this. They were <laughs> there's a group that writes musicals about these um, sitcoms, and nice. you know they I've get seen some of that. yeah yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not just for theater buffs, but casual theater people like me who may not do right. as much theater, but say, I yeah. love the audience. The larger franchises, like a very yes. Harry, a very Potter musical, I think is another one that, that somebody yeah. wrote. It's not really yeah. like an authorized Harry Potter yes, official. Exactly. but exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we, we talked to her. She's from Columbus. She came in the area. She plays Michael Scott, a woman Michael Scott character, and uh, it was very interesting. So, yeah, love that's where you have a little people. bit more fun with something like that in a in a in a parody musical sort of environment. It's to to play with the the form and the mode of what uh, of what that more popular story is. Say what are what are some different ways that we can sort of expand that out. Very good. Well, you know, it's Joe, and like I said, he's been a part of our Steelers podcast, and we definitely want to talk to him and Paul about, I don't know, we got to figure out what we're going to talk about. I, I think pop culture is always a fun thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think you kind of bring that um, background, and I think Paul, being our pastor in the bunch, he can bring a religious, so we'll have to find pop culture, and we're pop culture, religion intersects or something. I don't know. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it'll be good, but we're kind of morphing into that because our darn Steelers can't stay in the playoffs. We got a little bit of time off for the Steelers. <clears throat> yeah, nothing against <laughs> pop culture religion, but I was hoping we'd have this conversation maybe March after you know we have our virtual <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> parades and all that other stuff. We're gonna have to have that Steelers podcast. <clears throat> yeah, well, we we've had to have the Super Bowl parade here and. Obviously, sure. all the Steelers will be coming on the Steelers podcast for weeks and weeks to come. But sadly, they're always looking out they're going to leave the team. Really? That was going to be my favorite. Were we going to break down the parade? The parade. Or have the parade here. Have Just a virtual here. parade, you know? Uh, have a float in the parade that is <clears throat> the, the, the Steelers podcast. Well, you'd have like three cars going across your front Mississippi. I'd have a couple cars going across the front of my yard. And yeah, right. I would still have my version of the parade here in Jackson. It's yeah. just me driving around. Uh, nobody really knows that it's a parade, but it's just me driving around. Or, or like your kids and bikes, like have them, you know, on the road coming across. They just yell, go Steelers, and that's about it. All my kids go in front. Pull out of his kids. It'll be the creepiest. Shores prayed ever. It'll be bad. So, but no, but hey, it wasn't meant to be. Probably there's a amount of relief that comes. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. The the Sunday starts to get tied up with what's happening with the Steelers, and and I'm an emotional person, uh, and so uh, yeah. I, I get tied up with what's happening with the Steelers. My wife tried to talk to me during uh, the first quarter, and you know, it it wasn't good. I wasn't responding well. So we can focus on more pop culture and other fun stuff. Twenty-eight to nothing. Don't try to talk to me. Yeah. Uh, Instead of ignoring our wives and Steelers, we'll ignore our wives because of the pop culture stuff we watch. It'll be great. Always ignore your wives. People, so, now that we're great. not so angry all the time about how bad the Steelers played in the beginning of every game, we'll, we'll be angry <laughs> about pop culture, angry about theater. We'll be like, you go. leave me alone. I'm watching this old watching this stranger. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. There's a um, How I Met Your Mother on from season six. We're watching. You know, <laughs> it'd be great. <laughs> Our poor wives. <laughs> you know. oh. Sorry, Shannon. We, we respect you. <laughs> oh well. All right. Well, Joe. Thanks again. Stick around for a second afterwards. Yep. And yeah, always good to hang out with Joe. And next week we'll be hanging out with Paul too. We're we're looking forward to it. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>